So what if the kingdom of God is real? Like we've been talking the last couple months really about this thing called the kingdom of God. What if the kingdom of God is real? And I know we're in church, so it's like, okay, we got to assume the kingdom of God is real. Don't ask questions that sound like doubt, but just go with me for a minute, okay? Like what if the kingdom of God is real? What if life as we know it is not how life is supposed to be? What if the 70, 80, maybe even 100 years that we get on earth, what if that's not it? What if, what if that's just the starting point? What if there's something more coming? Something incredible. And yeah, we get glimpses of it every once in a while. We see and feel some of the goodness occasionally. But what if there's more? What if what we were made for is still to come? What if the kingdom of God is actually real? And what if the things that we do in, in this life, in the here and now, have an impact on the kingdom of God, an impact that can last for all of eternity? If that were true, if we really believed that the kingdom of God is real, believed it in our heart, would it impact the way that we live? We're going to continue this morning in a sermon series that we've been in called Kingdom Money, and we're going to have a conversation about money. But here's the deal. This whole conversation hinges on whether or not the kingdom of God is real. Because if the kingdom of God is not real, if the kingdom of God is another fairy tale, it's, it's princesses and dragons, then you should forget everything. You should completely ignore everything that I say. You should go, you should live out the rest of your life enjoying everything the world offers. And there's a lot of things. But that's what you should do. You should spend the rest of your days enjoying what the world offers. But if the kingdom of God is real, if it's true, if you and I are made to live for eternity, and the things that we do in this life, the things we do right here and right now can have an impact for all of eternity, well, I would think that that's got to affect the way we live. And I would think that it might even affect the way that we look at money. So if you've got a Bible with you today, join me in Matthew chapter 6. Get your Bible out, turn it on, go to Matthew chapter 6. This passage of Scripture falls into what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is preaching, and his essential claim is that there is another kingdom. And his claim is actually that through him, the kingdom is here. But it's not a kingdom like we think of. It's not a kingdom like the, the people hearing that day would have thought of, like, like the Roman kingdom that was ruling at the time, that ruled with power and with wealth. It's not a kingdom like, again, the people that were listening, these Jewish people, like they would have wanted. They longed for one of the old Jewish kingdoms. They wanted the good old days back. He goes, no, it's not like that. This kingdom is different. This kingdom is, is really, it's upside down of what you'd expect. In fact, it's literally the opposite of everything that you would expect of a kingdom. He says things like, in this kingdom, you love your enemies. He says, in this kingdom, when someone slaps you, you turn and give them the other cheek. He says, in this kingdom, you're actually to pray for the very people who persecute you. 
And for the people that had gathered to listen to him that day, there were so many that he went up and spoke sort of on this hillside where the people could gather below and the, the natural lay of the land created like an amphitheater where a lot of people could hear him. And the people that were listening that day, and for you and I as we listen today, there was something about what he was saying that was nuts. I mean, it was just straight up crazy. I wonder how many people actually got up and left because they thought this is too much. And yet there's something about it that feels right, like deep down in our soul. That maybe it's everything we've ever wanted. Maybe this kingdom is the very thing that we were made for. But then it sort of takes a turn. See, Jesus, he's talking about this kingdom and how great it is. But I wonder if he went too far because he starts talking about money. I wonder if people said, yeah, that's enough for me. I liked the Jesus show before, but I'm out on this one because new ideas are fun and they're exciting. But now, Jesus, it's going to cost me something. But if they stayed and listened, if we will listen today, I wonder if we might rethink the way that we look at money. Let me show you. Matthew 6, starting in verse 19, Jesus speaking, here's what he says. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so you're going to see this theme with Jesus. We like to talk about behavior because we can measure it, we can point to it, we can say that's right, that's wrong, that's right, that's wrong. It's not really how Jesus works. He doesn't talk about behavior. Jesus instead talks about our hearts. And so there's nowhere you're going to find where Jesus goes, do, this is what you do with your money. It's, it's crystal clear, do this with your money. Instead, what you're going to see is Jesus goes, okay, I want you to think about money, and then I want you to reflect on what's going on in your heart. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Let me, let me keep reading. We'll come back. Verse 22, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay, that's kind of weird. We're not sure what that means yet. Keep going. Verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus' favorite sermon illustration was money. He talked about money more than he talked about love. He talked about mo money more than he talked about heaven. He talked about money more than he talked about hell. Why? Because Jesus was just obsessed with money? No. Because money is a, is a bad thing? No. Because Jesus is like the fun police and he just wants to take away all your money and not let you do any cool things? No. See, I think... What Jesus knew is that for a lot of us, money is God's greatest competitor to our heart. Maybe not for all of us, but, 
But for a lot of us, maybe for all of us, money is God's greatest competitor for our heart. See, we want to follow Jesus with all of our heart, but let's be honest, we like money too. There's this part of us that just goes, I like money. I like what money gets me. I like, I like how money makes me feel. There's something safe and secure about having money. There's some level of comfort that money brings me. And what Jesus knows is that there's something unique about money. Something about it, it invades our heart and it competes for space in our heart with God. And so Jesus says in this, in this new kingdom, in this upside down kingdom, he wants, to, he wants to reverse that. That it's not gonna be about what you do with your money. It's gonna be about what's going on inside of your heart. And so before you go like, honey, hide your purse, the pastor's after our money again. Every time we come here, that's all they wanna talk about. No, 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 it's not like that. I, honestly, I don't care what you do with your money. I want to talk about what's going on in your heart because God just said that he doesn't want to compete for space in your heart. And so I think what's really cool, what happens here in Matthew 6 is that Jesus just gives us a way to sort of be reflective, to sort of look inside of our heart and go, what's going on in here? To examine our heart as it relates to money. And so that's what I want to do. He gives us a couple questions. I want to show you those questions. And we can kind of see what's going on in our heart as it relates to money. And I think if we're courageous enough to actually ask these questions of ourselves and talk to God about these things, we might even find out something about how we really view the kingdom of God. So let me read this for you again. Let me read this first part to you again and we'll dive in. Verse 19, Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and where vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but instead store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So think back to the first car that you ever owned. I had, a, I had this old Honda. Uh, the, the red paint and the red interior were so faded. It was such a junker. And somebody that owned it before me had the brilliant idea. They put gold wheels on it, which is like the weirdest thing ever that they did that. This thing was a dog, but man, I loved that car so much, like multiple times a week, I'd be out in the driveway washing that thing. I have no idea why, because it barely had any paint left on it, but I wanted it to shine, you know, like I wanted to take care of it. This was mine. I wanted to take care of it. I treated it like I was, like it was my child. I loved this thing. Some may say I treated it better than I do my children. I loved that car. Maybe you had a first car like that. You just love that. You know how it made you feel. I had that car for a couple years. One day I was driving down the freeway, just cruising along, listening to my stereo that cost more than the car itself did, and just loving my car until all of a sudden, every warning light in the dash went on, and that thing just died. Middle of the freeway, I get over the edge as fast as I can. We call a tow truck. They come, they take it to the mechanic, and the mechanic tells us what's wrong with it, and tells us that What's wrong with it is going to cost us more than the car is worth to fix it. And so my parents made the decision that 
We wouldn't do that. And so we took my baby to the junkyard and we got $150 for scrap metal. That's all she was worth. What Jesus is saying is that every possession we own, not that they're bad, but that they won't last. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, that everything that you own will break. It will decay. It will rust. You will lose it. Literally everything that you own will not last. And so Jesus' whole point, Jesus is a good financial advisor. Jesus' whole point, he says, don't settle. Why are you settling for stuff that's not going to last, that's going to be destroyed? You can invest in something that will last forever. And this is not Jesus' version of, I want to take all your money, because he says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. I think the first question, that first heart check question is this. Are you investing in God's kingdom or your kingdom? Like either we can invest our money in things that will make this life great, and there's a lot of them, or we can invest in things that will last for eternity. We can spend all our money and invest in this life, in earthly things, which are going to be destroyed, or we can invest in something that will last forever. Don't turn there, but I put it in your app. You can look at it later. The Apostle Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. So he's talking to Christ followers. He says, set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above not on earthly things, for you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. He's asking us to start thinking in an eternal way, to think about, to set our mind on, to dream about, to put the desires of our heart on. Yes, to invest our money in things that will last forever. So it begs the question, like what will last forever? Well, not much, honestly. God will last forever. People will last forever. Like, I, think that's, I think that's about it. And so Jesus is saying, look, we all have money. Either you have a lot of money or maybe you just have a little bit of money, but we all have money invested in what will last. And what lasts is God. So we invest in God. We invest in God's mission and God's purpose. We invest in making God's name known in the world. And people, we invest in people. People will last forever. And how we invest here and now will have an impact for all of eternity. And so Jesus is not saying don't have money or don't spend money. He's just saying, spend it on things that will last. Why are you so consumed with these temporary things that are going to be destroyed when you can invest in something that will last for all time? Because if something is real and it's beneficial long term, it's worth investing in now. Investing in it here and now matters. So think about, like here's a couple of examples. Think about this. So, so retirement. We all want retirement. We all hope retirement is 
is a reality. We'd like as we get older to maybe be able to slow down or maybe we don't want to slow down, but there's just something of ours that we, we really want to focus on. So what do we do? You invest money in a retirement account. Every two weeks, there's that little line on your paycheck that they deducted money out of your paycheck. And it's not because your paycheck is just so darn big that you needed something to do with the money, right? It's because you're putting money into a retirement account because you value the long term. And so you're investing now. Or like think about raising kids. Raising kids is a long term project, right? As parents, hopefully we're thinking long term. My kids are not. It's my job to think long term. So my kids, they think that it would be a good idea to eat all, all of their Halloween candy in one setting. To just sit down, get in the bag, eat all of it, right? I think it would be a good idea for them to have teeth. And so I'm like, let's slow down a little bit. Let's maybe take it a piece at a time. It's my job to think long term, to invest in them now for their future. We do this with education. We invest time and resources in education. Not because we think we're going to go to school and in one day we're going to be geniuses, but because in the future, we're investing now because in the future we believe that it will open opportunities, that it will create, it will open doors for us and create new opportunities for us. So we invest in it now. If the kingdom of God is real and it will last forever, then it's worth investing here and now in what will last forever. And the only things that are going to last forever is God and His glory and His people. And so those things are worth investing our time, our money, our energy into. I think that's what Jesus is saying. Not that money and possessions are bad, that they won't last. But God and people will. And so we have an opportunity to, uh, to, to invest in His kingdom in a way that will last for all time. So that's the first question he asks, are you investing in God's kingdom? But keep going. He gives us another question, and he uses this weird analogy about an, an eye. Something about if your eye is healthy or unhealthy, right? And, and it doesn't, maybe to us, make a lot of sense, but you could quickly Google this or do a little reading and find out that Jesus is using an idiom that was, would have been common language back then. And, and the language of the eye, he's really describing our heart. So here's what he's asking. Are you generous or are you stingy? And I imagine this is the part where people got up and were like, okay, that's enough. We're done listening to Jesus. I mean, when the Jesus freak show came into town and he's healing people and it's all this miraculous stuff, like we liked that. We were down with that. But now this is too much. You've crossed the line. Jesus goes right at it. Are you generous or are you stingy? And I think a lot of us will go, well, I mean, it depends on the day. It depends on the topic. He goes, no, no, no. Are you generous or are you stingy? Is your heart full of generosity and giving, full of light? Or are you stingy? It's dark in there. Like, let me frame it for you. Let me frame it for you this way. If we believed the kingdom of God was real, if we believe that in our heart, and we believe that the things we do now will impact eternity, do you think we would be generous people? We're stingy people. I, I think we would be generous. I think we would want to invest in building up God's kingdom. And again, Jesus doesn't say what that will look like. I wish he did. I wish there was like a bullet point list and Jesus goes, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. I wish it was that easy. 
But instead he pushes on us and he goes, I want you to, I want you to look inside. I want you to look at what's going on in your heart. I want you to ask God if there are places in your heart where you're being stingy. I want to mention one resource that has helped me so much. Pastor Joe mentioned it last week. I want to mention it again. It's this book called The Treasure Principle. And it's an incredible read. It's really short and easy. You could like knock it out this afternoon if you wanted to. We have a copy for every family on your way out if you didn't get one uh, uh, last week. Uh, This is such a great tool. I know this has helped Nicole and I so much as we've thought through this stuff for our family. I beg you, take this. Give it a few minutes, read it, explore this idea of what it is to have a heart of generosity. And maybe you already do. Maybe you go, man, I'm crushing this generosity thing. Awesome. That's, that's great. I would encourage you still, read it. See what God has for you. Back to Matthew 6, back to Jesus. Here's where he ticks off, I imagine, everybody. It's the final part. He says in verse 24, no one, I would underline that in my Bible, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Circle, underline, highlight this. You cannot serve both God and money. And just here's my thought on this. Maybe you can relate. I like Jesus, but I also like money. And I'd really like to have a little bit of more of both of them in my life. I'd love more Jesus in my life. I'd like to have some more money in my life. Jesus is not saying that having more money is a bad thing. He uses the word here of of, of a servant. He asks the question, do you serve God or do you serve money? And in this context, if you think about a servant, a servant was was owned by someone. He's asking, "What, what owns you, God or money? And as I read it, I'm waiting for an option C, right? Give me something else. I don't want those. I don't want to pick between those. Give me option C. Can I choose both? Here's how you know what what or who you serve. What gives you hope? What brings meaning to your life? What do you want more of? More Jesus, more money. What what, What in your mind would fix your problems? More money or more Jesus? And we want to say Jesus, but there's a part of us that thinks, if I just had a little more money, then life would be good. And I admit, there's an arrogance in me, in my heart, that goes, Jesus, okay, yeah, yeah, That's, that, that works for everybody else. You know what, Jesus, you're right. No one else can serve God in money, but I can. I can manage that, Jesus. I, I'll figure out a way. Like, I can do that. I can serve you, God. I can also serve money. And Jesus goes, no, you can't. You've got to pick one. You're going to pick one. You can't love them both. Which one are you going to pick? I can't answer that for you. Only you know what is going on in your heart. That's a conversation that you can have with God where you just go, God, am I, am I being obedient to you? Or am I following something else? Am I putting my hope and trust in you, God? Or am I, honestly, am I putting it somewhere else? And it might not seem that important. It's just a little money. What's the big deal? I can manage money and Jesus. Jesus goes, no, you can't. And money is competing with God for space in your heart. So my challenge to you is just, would would you be bold enough? Would you be courageous enough to ask yourself 
those questions, to get alone with God and to just talk to him and go, God, where's my heart in all of this? Because guys, what if the kingdom of God is real? What if this life isn't really what we were designed for? What if Jesus is right and everything that we're chasing in this life is gonna be destroyed, but that we can make an impact now, here today, that will last for all of eternity? What if it's all true? What if the kingdom of God is real? Would it change things if you really believed that in your heart? Would it change the way that you invest your money? The way that you think about money if the kingdom of God is real, does it need to change? Pray with me. God, we have been talking an awful lot about your kingdom. Because God, we want to see your kingdom come crashing into our world. We want to see our lives and our world full of your goodness and your blessing and your mercy. God, the instant we say the word money or we read the word money in the Bible, we clam up. We go, no, that's ours. It's off limits. Don't talk to me about that. God, would you help us to open our hearts so that we could at least have a conversation with you? Say, God, where's my heart in all this? Is money competing for space in my heart? God, I know, at least for me, I need to repent of this fantasy that I'm living in that I can manage loving money and loving you at the same time. God, I confess that to you. God, would you help us to see how we can make an impact here that will last for all of eternity? God, we're going to fall down. We're going to mess up. Would you walk alongside us, take us by the hand, pick us up when we fail? Remind us that we don't have to build our own kingdom because we've been invited into yours. God, thanks for your son, Jesus. Thanks for loving us so much. It's in his name we pray. Amen.